0: I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn, because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the Jeanette Fibro podcast. I'm so happy to have you all here because I am so excited to dive into some really good stuff with my guest today. Dr. Amy Robbins is a clinical psychologist and medium. So she really bridges the two worlds. And that's why I love when she comes on the show. And this is definitely one you will not want to miss. So, just a little bit about her first two. I do want to say Dr. Amy also has an amazing podcast, which I enjoy following called Life, Death, and the Space Between. Now, I was going for a walk with my dog just the other day, listening to the one about automatic writing, which was oh, so yeah. on. Yeah, it was so on par with everything that my guides were saying. So I just have to say that little blurb that you all have to check out her podcast too. So that being said, Dr. Amy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I always love being with you in conversation. Uh, we always have such great connection and conversation. So I'm excited today.
0: Yeah. I'm curious what rabbit hole we're going to find that we. Uh, stumble down.
1: Right. We de- you definitely, you were like my um like my first of stumbling down. Like we went, we went <laughs> we like did. seriously down a rabbit hole. And it was a big risk for me. And it was so wonderful. I mean, people still love that podcast that we did. We've done two together on my yeah. show. And they yeah. they always are like, Oh my gosh, that was such a great podcast. And open people's blew people's minds. And a couple of people be like, what yeah right
0: where are you going yeah right. i i love that um so for today's podcast where we want to start or where i would really like to start because of your expertise and how you really walk those two worlds of spirituality and also like clinical psychology is how mental health plays into consciousness and spirituality and kind of like when we were chatting a little bit before something i've noticed come up with a lot of my clients is The concept specifically, if we can start here, of spontaneous awakenings, spontaneous spiritual awakenings, where someone has a very significant event, um, whether it be, you know, the presence of an angel, the death of a loved one in which they have a shared death experience, perhaps they went on a plant medicine journey, which just cracked them right open, or profound dreams, NDEs, you name it, but a significant event. spontaneous door opening to spirit and how that can have uh, a really big ripple effect in how we actually maneuver through it. And I would imagine you have seen this a lot in that clinical setting.
1: Yes. From all, from many, and, and just through talking with so many people on the podcast, through any of those doors that you described, there can be an opening Mm -hmm. And I think the question is when there is that opening, what do you then do with it? Right. How do you walk? Do you walk through it or do you walk away from it? Because it's an opening to, we were talking before about spiritual awakenings and what that actually means and spirit and connecting. When we say connecting to spirit, you're really connecting. Spirit is ourselves. We're really connecting to that higher self that I think is, is. Missed sometimes when we talk about connecting with spirit, it's like it's this other entity that isn't us. And these awakenings are an opening and an invitation to connect more with ourselves in a really profound way and Mm -hmm. to connect with the people around us, the people we love, because spirit, as you know, is love. We are love. We are the embodiment of love, but often we get away from that. And I think these spiritual awakenings can, these spiritually transformative experiences can bring us back to what really matters and how we love in that way.
0: That's beautiful. Now, a question for you is if you had, uh, if someone came to you or say a group of people came to you and they were like, we need to know, what do you do when you've had this spontaneous spiritual awakening? What is step one? right? Like if you could advise, and again, it's general because we do know that everyone's journey is individual, but in a general sense, what would be some, say even one to three points to help someone find their bearings after such a profound thing?
1: Well, I think it's not, you You brought up plant medicine, right? And and plant medicine is really, I've been delving way deep into this, doing a lot of continuing education around the use of psychedelics. Because I do believe it is where psychotherapy is headed and the reason mm-hmm. that I believe it is is because it cracks people open in that way. But it is a tool. It is not the answer, right? And so mm-hmm. what do you do after a psychedelic trip is you work with someone to integrate and understand what just happened to you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing is if you've had one of these experiences, find someone, a trusted professional Whether it be someone like you, someone like me, who, I mean, there's a lot of therapists out there who might not be super comfortable talking about this, but Mm -hmm. that who are willing to start, there are more because they're reaching out to me and they're saying, I know you integrate this into your work. What does it look like? Mm -hmm. Um, But where people are starting, you want to understand the experience and understand it from a place of heart, not necessarily head. But then how do you, oftentimes you probably get this question a lot. How do you cultivate this to happen ongoing? Mm -hmm. And then it goes back to what are we cultivating that you want to happen ongoing? And often it's that feeling of deep, meaningful connection, right? It's that feeling of, oh my gosh, I am love. There is no end. Death is not, death is not what we think it is. It's not the end. It's just a transformation. How can I return to that place of love? And, you know, NDs, you had one, right? It's like this pure bliss and joy. Plant medicine experiences, same thing. People want that pure bliss and joy. Mm-hmm. The practice of being human is figuring out how to find your way back to that throughout the day, throughout mm-hmm. the week, throughout your life, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing to do that is really, I'm, I'm starting, like all of this is starting to crystallize for me a little bit more. And, and it's like, that is what a spiritual awakening is. It's finding your way back, finding mm-hmm. your way back home to yeah. that, that moment of enlightenment, that moment of awakening. Enlightenment is, is for many of us, not a place where we're going to just reside. We're not monks. We're not sitting on the side of a mountain somewhere, just meditating all day. We're human beings living our lives. But can we find those, those mini awakenings throughout our day? Mm-hmm. And the way that I believe you do that, and this is where consciousness comes into play, is that you start to become conscious of not only the moments where you are in that place, but the moments where you're not in that place. The moments where the thoughts are creeping in and you're getting away from that feeling of love and contentment and bliss, and you're getting pulled into ego and ego doesn't have to be bad ego. Our egos are there to protect us, to watch out for us. But as we get older, they tend to serve, they they don't serve as useful of a purpose anymore because they're very loud. They're usually, the the ego is usually, it's usually pretty negative and it pulls us out of that state of alignment.
0: Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful statements. And I love how you really kind of laid that out because you're right it is about the moments but it is about getting back to what is our reality mm-hmm. then choosing how can we alter certain things in our reality that we would like to be different right maybe more sacred space maybe more time to you know have some downtime at the end of the day just different things like that but then also realizing in that process that we are changing from what we were to what we're becoming but we're doing all of that like you said in that swimming pool of being humans with human lives right 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 and because i remember when i first really started opening up i had a ton of anxiety like tons of anxiety as a teenager because i was hearing spirit and didn't realize that i was hearing them and i could feel things I, i didn't know what the heck was happening so for me it turned into anxiety but what happened for me in my journey is that i started finding ways to cope with my anxiety And at the time I had decided I didn't want, there was something driving me that I didn't want it to be medication and not that I have anything against medication. But for my journey specific, my guides were pushing me to learn my mind. They were Mm -hmm. like, learn your mind. And I was like, what does that mean? And I found these other tools to start to kind of deconstruct the big snowballs that would appear, you know, a thought snowballs into something more and something more and then bam, anxiety, panic attack. Right. I would learn how to deconstruct it and figure out what the root of it was. And then when I would catch that, then choose what do I want to do about that exactly. in this 3D life? Because what I found right. I started to do sometimes is that I would almost like spiritually bypass or spiritually disassociate and go up into meditative energy. That's where I wanted to stay, right? Mm-hmm. That enlightenment, because that felt better. But what I needed to do was learn how to actually bring that knowledge and awareness and that moment of peace, but then integrate parts of that into this reality, 3D reality that I was living in, right? Well, and
1: that's exactly right. And I think part of the danger is when we're searching constantly for that, that high, Right. That light, live in the light, be in the light, all this light. I was just listening to uh, Continuing Education with um, Richard Schwartz, Dick Schwartz, who's the IFS, Internal Family Systems, that a lot yeah. of people have been talking about. Yeah. And he was talking about an argument he got into with Marianne Williamson because she was saying, you know, be in the light, stay in the light. You always have to be in the in light and he was saying no 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 you have to look at the darkness too and that juxtaposition right like to be in our we could say in med- in that spiritual space that meditative space in our higher chakras whatever you know whatever that is for us feels really good but we also have to stay grounded in this reality we have to face we have to face our darkness people call it the shadow whatever terms people choose to call it, but it is those parts of ourselves that we don't like, that we don't mm-hmm. want to see. But we don't have to judge it as bad because it's only in darkness that we find light. Yeah. And so it's through that process of looking at the pieces of ourselves what that we don't like that brings us closer to that light.
0: Mm-hmm. So that leads beautifully into my next question then, which is How confronting shame and forgiveness of either self or others, often it's both, uh, go hand in hand with the spiritual awakening or the ongoing awakening of your spiritual conscious self. And so I find there are so many people confronting that right now, like meeting shame, meeting guilt, rejection, abandonment, all those things, and forgiveness in the mirror. It's being mirrored back at them right now, and it's very, very, very confronting, right? It's so uncomfortable. So within the context of this leading you deeper into your own spiritual journey and it being a good thing, we need to know our shadow. What are some of the tools that you find really helpful when in those moments of being face to face with your shadow self?
1: Well, I don't do the IFS parts work, um, but a lot of people find that to be really, really healing. And I really can't even speak to it all that much because I haven't educated myself enough about it but I've mm-hmm. just started tuning in and it actually is not he um, so Dick Schwartz comes from a family systems model of therapy. It isn't so dissimilar as as the style that I come from which is a psychodynamic or psychoanalytic kind of informed therapy where you look at the the self that kind of fragments off into parts and it's about accepting all of those parts as part of the whole. So accepting mm-hmm. that, yeah, sometimes we feel shame. That's okay. Because we're human, we feel all of these things. And so acceptance is a big, and it's hard because like these, these words are can be so esoteric and theoretical. And it's like, okay, well, what does that practically look like, right? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to accept your shame? The parts of yourself you don't like yeah and it's like acknowledging what those parts are were there for all these parts were there the ego is there like I said earlier to protect us all of these parts have always been there to protect us Mm -hmm. but what are they protecting us from I like that
0: and you know that reminds me of Brene Brown put out a book called I think it's the Atlas of the Heart Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and in that the book is filled with definitions definitions of shame, the definition of forgiveness, the definition of guilt. And I remember I was going through that, reading it, and I had a clear understanding of a transformational point in my journey where I was like, wait a minute, what I've always been calling shame or unforgiveness, when I read all the different definitions, I'm like, wait, that was actually embarrassment, Mm -hmm. right? It's not actually shame. I'm actually not understanding the definition of shame. I'm actually using something with a different resonance to identify something that is actually embarrassment. And when, when I changed the word, it like profoundly changed my outlook on my journey and where I was at and what it actually meant. And then it's almost like I had new tools to deal with mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, because the tools to deal with the other one weren't the same as the ones to deal with this one. For me.
1: Right. In right. And I think Brene Brown actually describes shame as I am, a ba- I am bad mm-hmm. versus guilt as I did something bad. I think yeah. that's how she differentiates the two. Mm-hmm. But yes, to your point, it, it, it's recognizing the feeling and recognizing that the feeling embarrassed, what does that thought then lead to? And putting some space between this is where consciousness comes in putting Mm -hmm. some space between the feeling and the thought. Mm -hmm. The more space you can start to put between those two, the more conscious you become, the less you get pulled into the space of your ego, shadow, the darkness, the more you can stay in this spiritual opening and awakening Mm -hmm. because you are at a higher vibration. Again, I don't want to give the impression that it's bad to be to feel negative feelings. But Mm -hmm. feelings are not thoughts. They're Mm -hmm. feelings. And they're very different.
0: I love that you mentioned the space between to me, that's like mic drop moment. (laughs) I feel (laughs) like you just mic drop. Um that is it. I think if there was like one a first step, a first step in any like spontaneous, stressful awakening sorts is that space between if you can carve out that space to get conscious for a Mm -hmm. moment and think before the reaction, whether the reaction is fear or suppressing it or avoidance or whatever, that space suddenly allows it to become conscious. Yes. Yes,
1: And you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to do when you become conscious. You Mm -hmm. just get to be you get to be in that feeling and be like, oh, there's that feeling. And this is this is the beauty of meditation, right? It brings us into the space of watching ourselves. This is plant medicine too. Mm-hmm. You can you can observe you can observe what's happening without being able to do anything about it because your mind literally can't, because it it is in a space of just movement. So you can recognize the light and the darkness. You, you hear the judgment, but it washes away just as quickly as the beauty and the light and the bliss comes in. And it's this beautiful dance that is I life. Think, and I that think. is the awakening. It's mm-hmm. that moment when you recognize that those two things walk beside each other. Yeah. And that the I am doesn't have to have anything that it comes after it. I am bad. I am unworthy. I am unlovable. All the things we say about ourselves when we feel whatever it is that we feel.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's just such a beautiful way to say it. And, and you're right, because even with the I am, like the I am as a singular entity or as like a person is one thing, but then there's that I am of connectedness to all things. Right. Mm -hmm. So whether you're being at one in a moment with yourself, you're also simultaneously being at one with all things in that Yes. And that's where we also can then make space to receive insights, intuitions, gut feelings, not even just like spirit coming in and being like, hi, okay, what you should do is right. But like your own space to feel into what feels right as your fully connected being.
1: Yes. And then watching and waiting and seeing what shows up. Yeah. Right. Because again, you don't have to work hard when you're connected with yourself. You don't have to work that hard to connect with spirit. Mm -hmm. Spirit will show up for you and you just say, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I'm just like, oh, thanks. Thanks for putting this in my space. It's not necessarily that I'm like always connected and talking with someone, but I'm always in communication in a way that's like, oh, wow. I just got that call for something or I can't believe I just had coffee with this person and they brought this up or like I was at dinner last week and this crazy situation happened where I was in this group, this like gigantic group chat and this woman's name popped up and I thought she might have been someone I knew from something else. So I separately chatted her and I said, are you so-and-so's mom? She responded, no. And then I'm out to dinner that night with this woman who says, oh, yeah, somehow I think my friend is in this group chat. And I'm like, what? I said, what's your friend's name? And she told me. And it was this woman. Oh, wow. And it was a message for my friend who I was sitting at dinner with that she needed to do something that I know I'm being vague here, but that she needed to do what got us into this group chat together. And it was like, holy cow. And I was just... I'm always still in awe and like wonder, awestruck and filled with wonder and like excitement and joy. You can probably hear it in my voice when these things happen, because it's like, holy cow, like the universe is so amazing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was connecting with spirit and spirit was saying to me, you need to, you know, text this person and then you need to bring this up at your dinner and then you need to do that. It was just like, it was just natural. And then you see how spirit intervenes in these ways or the universe. or
0: And that's all because of that space so often because of that space. And what that's Mm -hmm. making me think of too, is when we have these like significant, like we said, spontaneous awakenings, mass moment, or several experience awakenings, they push in hard, which can overwhelm us in some way, because we may not have been making the space before right? Like the space for spirit to come in. So they have to blast it in, in something to kind of shake us or wake us up sometimes. Mm -hmm. So then responding to that experience with then giving spirit that space. Also, if there is something to come through, I'm available. If there is about this situation, I'm available. You then get to work with that whole being, you know, that whole connectedness to the universe and all things where there is no time, no direction, all is as is. Mm Mm-hmm right? In which those messages can
1: come. Right. And you can't be in that space if you're bogged down in unconscious thoughts and reactions and experiences and past and future. And that's where anxiety comes in, right? You mentioned anxiety and Mm -hmm. anxiety is worrying about the future. I mean, in the most simplistic way, worrying Mm -hmm. about what is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nothing yeah. takes us out of connection with spirit than worrying about the future or the past, frankly, right? Like thinking mm-hmm. about, okay, what's going to happen next? Or I can't believe what happened you know, 10 years ago or what happened to me five minutes ago and getting stuck in the emotion and the thinking that is that. is mm-hmm. that. It's Gone, it's done.
0: So when you start working with people and you say, introduce a uh, meditative practice, or make a suggestion in meditation. What do you usually recommend for that? Like, is it like, try it for two minutes, twice a week?
1: Yeah, I usually say about five minutes, like, you know, two to three times a week to start. Yeah. And I always recommend like the insight timer app or something
0: mm-hmm. where
1: people and I and I tell people, you know, see what you like, see what resonates with you. I mean, I like to start with some sort of breath, or a mantra, something that can bring you back. So um, I just think that's like a really practical way to start. And I think it's so important too, to start with like real grounding exercises that keep you in your physical body. Because like you said earlier, you liked to meditate because you went, you, you sort of left this plane, which is an amazing feeling. And I love being in that space too. And you have to know how to bring yourself back. And I worry about people who are constantly leaving in that way and can't come back and reground and live in this Mm -hmm. existence. I think psychologically it can be disorienting a little bit and confusing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that simple practice, whether it be, you know, coming back from a plant medicine experience or trying to make sense of the world after an NDE or even um i used to take people on trips to egypt and these spiritual journeys and we would always talk about this integration time coming home but even something as simple as that making space daily for whatever needs to show up as part of your integration would be a really foundational skill
1: mm-hmm. well and i think you know integration is being in nature right like going for walks being outside connecting with like-minded people eating really nourishing grounding foods after these experiences cuz those are the recommendations in the plant medicine world are the things you're supposed to do and spontaneous transformative experiences are similar to those mm-hmm. and so you should be doing some of the same things meditating not being around people who where you might feel completely overwhelmed or because you've just, you've, you've just opened up in a way like your brain circuits are raw and you've had these profound experiences of connecting with whatever, be it a loved one source, um, spirit guides who, you know, your higher self that's speaking to you. You just have to slow. It's, it can be very exciting too. you. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to tell everybody, Oh my God, I just had this experience. And It was so amazing. And you need to start doing this and you need. And it's like, these are very personal experiences and you have to sort of sit with them and allow the mind and the body to kind of process and move through it. I think sound can be good and sound can be triggering. So like you have to find for each person needs to find for them what what works I've had amazing sound journeys and I've had sound journeys where I'm like oh my god I'm about to have like a psychotic break right now this is scary where am I and can I like ground myself so I know that I'm okay Mm -hmm. and then of course there's breath right which I can't believe I am now just mentioning (laughs) like halfway (laughs) through the podcast but right like that's that's the most important thing is like when you go to those places, even anxiety, right? It's like, just breathe. Yeah. Just breathe. My daughter said to me once, she's like, mom, you know what the most helpful thing you ever said to me was? And I'm thinking like, oh my God, God, it must've been so profound, right? Like she remembers it. She's like, you once told me when I feel anxious, just, just to breathe, just to stop and take a few deep breaths. And I was like, exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. Not so true. Breath is everything breath is life just like they yeah. in ancient texts and everything always comes back to breath being life being the recalibrator and what is that saying uh any bad mood can be shifted in what 10 breaths or something there's, there's I don't a know
1: thing. but I I bet it is because yeah. I can it's amazing to 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 just stop and breathe yeah yeah that's beautiful so
0: shifting gears just a little bit here um What do you feel now that we're seeing, like, I got to say, at least in my, my work, I'm noticing more and more and more people opening up, like in different ways, but opening up to conversations of consciousness, to conversations of spirituality. And the word medium is not as scary anymore. Even the word ghost or spirit is not as triggering anymore. So with the amount of people that are awakening, how do you see that? Um, like some people think that things are moving in the right direction. Some people think it's moving in the wrong direction. Where do you see humanity is at with their awakening right now?
1: But there it is again, right? It's the light in the darkness.
0: Ah, lovely.
1: It, one can't exist without the other. So we need people becoming more conscious, of course, to shine a light on that, which is dark. And there's so much being shown. Is that a word? Show me. there's there's so much <laughs> there's we're seeing so much now in terms of like this dark gross underbelly. Um, but it had to be brought into this light. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's amazing that so many people are awakening in this way. They're starting to like think for themselves, they're starting to like look at everything and not just take everything at the the face value of what was told to them. Mm-hmm. That is awakening. That is consciousness. When you're not just like a sheep being followed, you know, herded in the meadow, mm-hmm. but you're starting to go, oh, that grass patch over there looks pretty good. Why don't, I wonder what it would be like if I tried that, right? And yeah. then, you know, sheep were getting like herded back into the herd, but more and more people are are like, I want to try that grass patch over there. Yeah. And so we're seeing such a shift. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing and it's it it saddens me in some ways because I think about particularly in the plant medicine space how many people were robbed of I don't like to use the word robbed but who potentially didn't have an experience to heal because of what we what people were told was yeah. bad yeah awesome. and that's where it's like the the light is amazing the awakening is amazing it's like um, for those pioneers who like stuck with it for mm-hmm. years right underground in darkness in people's basements like decades, and decades decades yes. yeah yeah since the late 60s early since nixon right that's when this all started and now it's like they're coming into the light and it's like mm-hmm. They had to be in that darkness for so long. But eventually when they came out, it's been amazing.
0: Yeah. So many, so many new ways. And, you know, for people that are uh, hesitant to explore plant medicine at this point, something as kind of a step in that direction is breath work. Totally. Yep. Right. Breath work is just you and your breath and you're learning different ways to oxygenate your body and change the pH of your body, which induces different spiritual experiences.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Different non-conscious states. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so Non-ordinary states. Non-ordinary. Yes. Um, That's a great way that people can step in if they're a little bit leery of plant medicines, but plant medicines really, like you're saying, are taking hold with, you know, scientific research to back it up for people that really like that left brain linear proof-based evidence. Um, and I think that's exciting. I like you're saying like that in itself is an indicator of how much humanity as a whole is transforming. Yes. It's huge. Yes.
1: And the fear in the medicines for years, I, I think, and again, I'm like, New digging into all of this was, was really around like people were seeing things for the first time, right? They were feeling that love and connection and warmth and oneness mm-hmm. that people who've had spiritual transformative experiences have experienced. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's an amazing merger in some ways of like a, a spontaneous experience just happens that's what I had you well you had some earlier experiences but your mm-hmm. NDE right was that um and then it's like okay now that I've had this there are multiple ways to get there yes. transformational breath work came out of the psychedelic movement when it was shut down and Stanloff Stanloff's graph started holotropic breath work Really? Yeah. As a way to induce those non-ordinary states of Mm -hmm. consciousness.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing. So really, I mean, I think one of the messages from today would be go and explore, like explore you, explore what's coming out in your integrations, take that time for the space, Mm -hmm. right? The space to observe and, uh, yeah, do you have any other thoughts for people or encouragements in embracing their journeys?
1: Don't, um, I don't want to say, I don't like saying don't because it's negative. Um, embrace whatever comes mm-hmm. because it's there to show you something.
0: Right, the light and the dark. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's just about, okay, this is just being revealed to me for a reason. Mm-hmm. and that is consciousness. That is how we become conscious.
0: That's amazing. I love it. This is so beautiful. Um, Thank you so much for thank sharing. Thank you your, so much. Yeah, this has just been so great. So before we go, um, again, your podcast is just, it's doing so well and it has such a reach. You have had amazing guests on your show. Any other, any kind of like sneak highlights you want to share with anyone of what's coming up?
1: hard because I record so far in advance that oh, I end okay. up forgetting right <laughs> <laughs> middle-aged woman brain um I have humble the poet coming up who writes all about love oh, beautiful. um which which was it just a super fun interview he's um just a really interesting like thoughtful he's significantly younger than I, I mm-hmm. am so it's always interesting for me to have those experiences with different generations to just mm-hmm. hear how they're thinking about a lot of this work and how they like the framework or the lens by which they, they are viewing it. Oh, I also have one coming up about um, the proof of spiritual phenomena. So,
0: uh,
1: yeah. So how this woman who is a PhD really dug into a lot of the research on spiritual phenomena and, and what, What the research and the science has to show us about it, because it's there. We just continue to like deny, yeah, right, dismiss it, right. That's true. That's true. It's it's the fear. It's scary.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I definitely can't wait to hear those ones for sure. So, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, for everyone watching, thank you so much for the listening. Thank you. Definitely check out Dr. Amy's podcast again, Dr. Amy Robbins. and it is called Life, Death, and the Space Between." So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Amy. And thank uh, you. We'll see you guys next week.